podcast where we talk about all things Walt Disney World Resort. I'm Ryan. And I'm Brett. And we are back for another good episode. This one is going to be all tips, tricks, and suggestions that we have that may be known or may not be known to the average person. And we just wanted to share a few that we do often. Yeah, so like Ryan said, these are the ones that we know or that we have experienced, so we know that they work. Obviously, everyone's trips are a little different, so everyone might have their own little ones. Uh, but these are ones that we thought were very helpful that we wanted to share with everybody so then you can use them on your next trip. Yep, you never know. So the first one that we're going to talk about is when entering a park, and this goes for any park, for the majority of the time, the crowds tend to, to fall right, to the right side. Everybody just naturally goes in, sees the middle, whether it's the castle or the tree or whatever, and goes right. So when possible... Go left. If you walk left, initially you may notice that the paths are way more open and you might be able to get to a destination quicker than if you just aimlessly walked right. Yeah, it's something that we have kind of just noticed and every time we walk in the park, we automatically just walk on like the left side or we automatically favor the left pathways. Yes. Um, the only exception to this rule for us is Magic Kingdom and we're hypocrites here because we always go right into... Tomorrowland. Tomorrowland. Yeah. We, we always go right into Space Mountain or the Laugh Floor or something mm-hmm. over there. That's always our first stop in Magic Kingdom. So we're hypocrites to this tip, but at the other parks, we always go left and we always try to stay on the left side of stores or anything in general because the general population tends to just walk to the right side. Yeah. Which and makes, I mean, in our heads, it, it makes sense because on our roads right we drive on the right side yeah and it's just kind of like the natural way that people form walking lanes yeah so i think that's probably the psychology behind it but if you can break the mold try to go left yeah and like ryan said like it really doesn't make like a huge difference if you are to go right it's not like you are in yeah. like standstill traffic of people but it sometimes it just might feel more open or um yeah just try it on your next yeah, trip and, and see what we're saying yeah. because you have to see it to kind of experience it yeah and it's really funny because even like without like not even in just disney but in other theme parks too like we still go we go left it's really yeah. funny like once you do it once it kind of becomes like a habit you kind of notice it and then you start to think about doing yeah. it often um but then kind of going in with that um i just want to say like ryan said we really only break this rule in magic kingdom mm-hmm. um, and we go right um, but sometimes Main Street's a little crowded, um, or something is a parade's happening, right? Um, and we need to go right still. Luckily for us, um, both coming into Magic Kingdom and leaving Magic Kingdom, all the shops on the left and right side, they all connect through the interior. So you could literally walk through all the shops from the beginning of Main Street to the end of Main Street. And inside. Inside. So this is a great tip and a great suggestion for three really use case scenarios yeah one is when you're leaving at the end of the night you will see and you probably know if you've been there the absolute horde of people that rush through the middle of main street at the end of the night yes or towards the end maybe even before the fireworks if people are trying to leave it's just a absolute chaos on main street trying to leave try to jump into one of the shops if you can even if you have to fake like you're shopping for a little bit and then just completely walk straight through all of the shops and bakeries and whatever else is there to get through to the beginning. Yeah. Because as Brett said, they're all connected. So exiting is one of the use cases. Another use case would be coming in. Yep. 
and that would be if you have a fast pass that you're really trying to get to, or if you just you don't really want a picture of the castle that day, you just want to get in, you can dip through all of the stores on the side mm -hmm. without dealing with the main hassle of people stopping for pictures every five seconds. Yeah. The last scenario is going to be if it's raining. If yeah. it's raining and, and or hot or super hot and you, you don't want to walk down right that main strip where it's uncovered, mm -hmm. jump into one of the shops, walk all the way down to the bottom and you'll save yourself, you know, a couple hundred feet of uh, dry dryness or cool. Um, so that's definitely just one that we've have used and we use it pretty often, very often, especially exiting. That's like yeah, a go to is definitely one our go to for that one. All right. Yep. So the next one is some people may or may not know this, but. We haven't paid for a drink in Disney, a non-alcoholic drink in Disney, in years. years. <laughs> Literal years. And that's because Disney gives you free cups of water. And I don't know if everybody knows that, but at any quick service restaurant that has a fountain machine that either like dispenses sodas and juices and other types of fountain drinks, they will have cups of water available for free. So yeah. you can literally walk up to them if their line is short you know wait in the line but you can even walk up even past that and they usually just have cups out ready, ready to give to you if you want to just walk up to the pickup window and say hey can i just have a quick cup of water people they at this point they know that people can do this and so they are prepared with large cups of or a lot of cups of water yeah but we haven't paid for a drink in any of our quick meals in years years yeah and um, this saves a lot of money if you're there for a few days yeah. Think about. I mean, you're saving what a, what a drink is maybe five, four, four or five bucks. Five Probably bucks five. every single meal. Times that by if you're there for five days, you know you you save a good chunk of money there. Yeah, and it's not huge cups. It's like probably a small. But you can get unlimited. But you can get unlimited. Go to the next um, store and do the same thing. Starbucks gives ventis. Yeah. Know that, so we try to favor Starbucks. Um, some other places do large larges, but. Mm -hmm. um, most of the time, it's just a small one, but that does the trick. And yeah, you just need a quick refresh, a quick, a quick hydration, yep. and you're good. Definitely. So that's definitely going, like Ryan said, we haven't paid for a drink in, like, no lie, years. Yeah. Non-alcoholic drink. Right. And maybe it's, yeah, it kind of sucks. Maybe you, you're craving, like, a soda with your lunch or something, but maybe it's for the better. Just try, try to get the free water, and yeah. it's also healthier. Or if you do water, then you do splurge on a soda or something like that for the one, one meal. Like, yeah. what's five bucks? Um. So this next one um, goes into some rides, um, and we talked about it very briefly on our one um, standby. episode, Standby yeah. versus Fast Pass in Animal Kingdom. Um, but that is, for every Fast Pass, there's a 10-minute buffer window at the front and at the end of it. So if your Fast Pass is from 2 to 3, your Fast Pass is actually from 150 to 310. Yep. Um so what that does is it basically just allows people to – it probably helps Disney out with the flow of amount of people they have fast passes. Yeah. Um, but it's also just good for you to know that if you're running a little late and you're like, oh, my God, we're going to miss it. Like, no, you're not. Um, or if you're a little early, sometimes they can override it too and allow you to go in. Yeah, sometimes if you are there and you're just trying to kill time and you just have this like weird dead period between rides – that knowing that you have that 10 minute buffer allows you just to get on even quicker and oftentimes you can probably get on and get off before your fast pass starts or like right running your fast pass yeah. starts so and that's what me and ryan do um sometimes if we know we have a fast pass and standby is 30 minutes we'll we'll wait it and then we'll immediately go right into it right into it so definitely keep in mind that you do have that buffer so don't panic if you're running late and if you want to get in early you can 
Yeah. And then another thing with rides as well is that um, not all rides, but most rides are also going to offer a single rider line. And that's really beneficial if you don't care that you're sitting alone or not with your party. Um, so sometimes, say, Smuggler's Run, uh, Millennium Falcon, that might be a two-hour wait. But Ryan and I did it the one time where we both ran single rider. Yep. And we eventually we got, we actually got on the same ride. We got into the same group again. Yeah. Um, but basically all single rider is is that you're a single rider. So if they need to fill four spots and there's a party of three, they're then going to pull from that single rider line and do a party of four. Um, so if yep. you don't care that you're not sitting with your party and you just are there for the ride or the experience, single rider will cut down your wait times by literally 80% some of the times yeah, of wait like, time. I mean it'll a fraction of the time sometimes. Yeah. Um, so it's super. There are four main rides that yeah. that do that, and those rides are Rock and Roller Coaster, the Millennium Falcon, Test Track, and Expedition Everest. So those rides, keep in mind for them that if you're, maybe you go on the first time with your group, and then if only two people out of the group maybe want to go back on, consider the, the quick single rider. Yeah. Yeah, you might get paired up with a random, but it's a thirty second ride, and and you'll survive. Yeah. It's worth it. And Ryan and I did this for the Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run. It was actually really cool because we both – so I don't if you don't know the ride, every person holds a different position. Mm-hmm. You have a Good driver, point. you have an engineer, then you have gunners. And for this, the one time when we did the ride, we were both gunners. Yep. And then the second time we did it for single rider, and Ryan ended up being a driver, and I ended up being an engineer. Yeah. So we actually were able to try a few different like positions out without waiting – Another, the, hour, another and hour and a half. So yeah, it was so quick. That was super awesome and beneficial because we both got to try two different positions because they just need to fill those two positions. So um, it was really awesome. So we yeah, definitely so suggest single rider lines if you don't care being broken up from your group. Or like we just said, sometimes you're still placed with them. Yep. So it's just it's worth the risk just to give it a try and, and save yourself that time. So another tip that we didn't necessarily need to use often, but it's good to know is if your stomach is ever feeling sick after a ride, let's say you're feeling queasy or, or a little nauseous after coming off a spinning ride or something, any restaurant that has a bar, a full-service bar, they serve ginger ale. And it may not be on the menu as like something you can necessarily get, but they have the ginger ale there to mix with all the bar drinks. And so they have it available, and they will give it to you upon request. So... As many people know, ginger ale can help with stomach, mm-hmm. you know, issues and making you you less nauseous. And so this is a good tip to know if you're in a pinch and you're feeling sick for whatever reason, you know, sit down, get some water, but also look around for a, a restaurant that has a bar because you can get some quick ginger ale and try to, you know, bring you back to speed quicker. Yeah, and if for some odd reason ginger ale is your favorite soda, <laughs> yeah. um, then you're more than welcome to offer it that way too. Um, but I've never heard of that, so. Yes, yeah, so that's not the only scenario, but if you do happen to be a ginger ale fanatic <laughs> or connoisseur, you can try it. Yes. Uh, but that's something that may help people, and we just wanted to share it because that, that's something good to know in a pinch if you do need it. Yeah, and another thing with restaurants that sometimes you may not be utilizing um, is if you're you can use any bathroom in a restaurant, whether you're eating there or not, um, which I think is actually pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so if you have to go to the bathroom and you don't want to wait in a public um, restroom line and say it's out the door or something like that, 
and there's a sit-down restaurant right next door, you can use that bathroom in that restaurant. Yes. All the restrooms in the restaurants are open to the public, and you can just say, you know, excuse me, where's the restroom? They necessarily don't know that you're not a guest or not a dining guest there, so they will direct you, and they'll point you right there. Um, So that's something good to know because maybe people are hesitant at first, and they may realize that they – oh, you know, I'm not eating here. They're not going to let me in because oftentimes in restaurants outside of Disney, that's Mm -hmm. the case. You know, you have to dine in to be given granted access there. But not the case in Disney. Disney will let you go to the bathroom wherever you need to. Yeah. So good to know, especially if you have children that are like, are having an emergency and, yeah, and you know that like, sure. oh, I can't wait I can't wait I'm gonna pee myself <laughs> you know you can instead of finding a public restroom look for a restaurant and that'll be your saving grace yeah good one and then another thing with restaurants um, this is advertised um, but I just feel like not a lot of people use it maybe take advantage of it as much yeah, yeah. Um, and that's mobile ordering we um, preached it in a few episodes in the past. Yeah. Because we do it often. We do it often. It saves a lot of time. It really does. But go ahead and describe that. So mobile ordering is a lot of restaurants, select restaurants around Disney World's property, allow you to use your My Disney app um, and order ahead your meal. Um, so you can order it, and then it'll tell you when it's ready, and you can go pick it up. Um, so Ryan and I do this quite often, usually right before we get onto a ride. Um, we'll order our food. And then by the time we get off that ride, our food's ready to go. Um, and so, like, for Honda Mansion, we usually go right to the Harbor House. Um, is it the Harbor House or Liberty Tavern? Right out there is, like, Liberty Tavern. Liberty Tavern. Um, so we'll often order our two chicken tender and french fries platters, which is all we need, um, right before we get onto Honda Mansion. And then by the time we're off, it gives us our alert that it's ready, and we're good. We just skipped 20 minutes worth of waiting for food. So um, a lot of quick service restaurants utilize this so we definitely recommend people to also utilize it exactly and it's not only just within the parks restaurant some of the quick service at disney springs use this this as well for example deluxe burger which i think we've mentioned we have used mobile ordering for this because the line has been like out the door and instead of waiting for that we were able to order walk around a few more shops and then come back in a few minutes and pick it up when it was ready without having to linger or you know, loiter around there. Yeah. And it's just been a saving grace for us in the moments when we need it. And it's all done right through your My Disney Experience app. So you should already have the app to utilize in the parks for the wait time and the buses and the fast passes and, the fast like passes and your tickets and all that stuff. So just having that mobile ordering option within there, so convenient. Very and convenient. I don't think a lot of people tend to use it. So yeah. look out for that next time and order in advance if you're on the other side of the park and you know you're going to a, a, a quick service meal with your family. Order in advance while you're getting off the one ride, and then by the time you walk there to the other side of the park, it's often ready. And For you're sure. Saving so much time. Definitely. So take advantage of that big time. Another cool thing to, to consider, and this isn't available – it's not available for everyone because – no, I guess it is available for everyone, but not – a lot of families are able to do this because of how early this is. But if you can get to the park for rope drop, yes, this will save you so much time on rides and getting to the rides that you want to get on, especially if you weren't able to snag a fast pass for your favorite ride that day. Because at rope drop, it's going to look crowded at first because it's a horde of people waiting to get into the park. But when you think about the size of the park and how many people are actually there waiting, they spread out pretty quickly and they go off to their favorite ride. Yeah. 
which a, a lot of times, you know, some of the big name rides do get the a, most a of the crowd, crowd there. But a ride such as Flight of Passage or Rock and Roller Coaster that might have, you know, a two-hour wait to it, if you can get there right when the rope drops the first thing in the morning at the park, which is often, I mean, you have to get in line by like 6.30 Six, maybe, yeah. 7 at the latest, get there when the park opens at like 8 or 9, and then you're able to march right onto the ride, and you're mm-hmm. on and off in maybe 20 minutes. Yeah, it's really awesome. Um, we do it for usually Flights of Passage is the one ride that we will yep, rope, rope drop. drop if we know we didn't get a fast pass for it. Exactly. Um, so we're pretty loyal to Animal Kingdom rope drops. Yes, but Hollywood Studios is a great spot to rope drop as well because it has so many big rides in a small area. Yes. So you're able to, if you're really targeting, let's say, Toy Story, and you want to see that land and get on all those rides and you don't have a fast pass, if you rope drop that park, you can rush right to that Toy Story land area, get on the Slinky Dog, get on Toy Story Mania, and then get on the Alien Saucers, no joke, within probably two hours of yeah. By the time you enter the park. Yeah. The I lines think... are not long as soon as the park opens. And it's if you're willing to get up that early and wait a little bit, you know, get breakfast, get a coffee to stand there with you while you wait, it's worth it. Yeah. And sometimes that's better. If you know that – say you only have a base ticket, um, maybe rope drop Hollywood Studios. Mm-hmm. Do two or three of the attractions that you wanted to do. Maybe rope drop Galaxy's Edge. And yeah, it's you got up early, but it's only eleven. And you've done you've done half the park. Go back to your hotel, take a nap, grab some lunch, relax for a little bit. You have base tickets. Go back and do the rest. Yeah, you can really pace yourself if you do rope drop. I know it sounds like intimidating, like yeah, I don't want to get up that early. But if you get up that early, you tend to enjoy your park more sometimes because you have the park pretty much to yourself. Yeah, and. Like Brett said, if you're staying on property, you have the luxury to take the transportation back, take a quick nap, recharge the batteries, maybe put the kids down for a quick nap, and then get back out there for the evening. Let's say you take a nap at 2 o'clock. You're back out at your next park by 4, yeah. 5 at the latest, and you have from 5 until so midnight sometimes, depending on the park. And that's so many hours left to still enjoy the rides that you didn't get a chance to get on or see the shows at night. And everybody's recharged. Everybody has energy. Mm-hmm. And they're ready to go. Yeah. And this tip that I'm about to say is not on any of our lists. Okay. But it's something Ryan and I live faithfully by every time we go to Disney is we will nap. We nap every single day okay. at Disney. And I know people are like, but why? You spent so much money there. Like, why are you not enjoying your time? But it goes back to what we just said. If you know that you have the time, if you have the days, yeah, take the time to make sure that you're energized, refreshed, so you can enjoy it all. You're what, going there's to nothing have, worse yeah. than going through a park, dragging your feet or exhausted. Yes. Like That's if such you a good can point. feel yourselves like giving out and it's 2, 3 p.m., even 4 p.m., go back, grab a quick burger from your like quick yeah. service. Fall asleep until six. Your first fireworks show is not until nine. Yeah. Like you have all day. Like you have more time at Disney than you actually think you do. Yes. Um. So I think it's really important. And Ryan and I always tell people to nap. And they always look at us like, "Why would you do that?" But it really does yeah. make your trips and your days feel so much 
more worth it. Don't try to be the hero. Don't try to yep. power <laughs> through a full day, especially if you're bringing children because those children get tired of all that walking. You don't realize how much walking you do unless yeah. you have a Fitbit or an, or an Apple Watch and then you can check at the end of the day. And we walked miles, yes, miles, miles, and miles in a day. And you don't even realize it until you get to that wall where you're like, wow, I'm exhausted. And like Brett said, maybe it's midday because you you know, you know got up early and you're trying to power through it. Don't do it. Get up early, get to the rope drop, get on some of your favorite rides within mm-hmm. the first few hours, go home, go back to your resort, take a nap, get some food, you're energized, you're refreshed, and you're ready for the night, and it's going to be a great night, and it always is. Yes. It's something that we always try and do. Always do. Always. So that's a great tip. Thank you. I, I can't believe we missed that on the list. Somewhere. I know. But that's pretty much it for our quick list. Those are just some of the things we wanted to share and talk about with you guys. Again, you may know all of them, you may have known a few of them, or you may not have known any of them. The point is just to be informative and to be helpful where we can. And if you guys know of any that we didn't discuss, let us know because we're still learning every single time that we go and sure. we're always open to you know, the concept of being efficient and making the, the experience as best as possible. Yeah. So let us know if, we're, if there's something that you know that we don't. Yeah, especially that the parks are ever growing too. That means we can never be growing. So Correct. The more lands that get added, the more experiences that occur, that means that we can adjust too. So Exactly. So I'm really um, curious to hear what others for sure. You know, their suggestions and tips and tricks are and we'll we can compare. Yeah. So let us know on Instagram at Dose of Magic Podcast. And also leave a review on po- Apple Podcasts if you can. A Dose of Magic Podcast there. And we can't wait to see you guys next week. See ya. See you guys.